Well, good morning, everyone. We're up to week five in the Living Church, five of six uh, next week, last message in the series, but we're going to have a, a Sunday where we reflect um, after that in two weeks' time, which will be the last time. But so far, we've learned together that the church is not just a, a house of bricks and uh, mortar, that the church is actually a living church because the church is made up of those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And they then become living stones who are built into a spiritual house based on the foundation stone of Jesus Christ. That's the living church. And we found out, well, if that's who we are, the church is, if that's what we are, then what are we to do? And so far we've looked and we've said we're to love. We're to love God first and we're to love one another as well. Then we looked last week at the fact that God wants us not just to stay the same but to grow. And then today we're looking at the fact that God wants us as a church, as his living stones, to serve, to serve one another. And then next week we're going to look at how he's called us to serve the world. Mandy and I... uh, decided that it was time to use the gift vouchers that we'd received for the movies. And so we organised a babysitter and we got in the car and we went to the movies together. And this was just not any old movie we went to. We chose the three-hour epic Australia. And uh, we thought, look, why not go all out? Let's go gold class and... uh, as well as that, why don't we get the special chocolate thingy indulgence special, what was it called, honey? I don't know. Anyway, it had like chocolate all through it, platter of, of things. And we said, bring that in two hours in, thanks. You know, with cafe latte as well. So we sort of ordered, ordered that and sat down in, snuggled into our cosy gold class uh, seats and just, simply indulged ourselves for three hours. It it was wonderful. It was fantastic. And uh, just as the movie finished and the credits started going up and our empty chocolate bowls and latte things were sitting in front of us, as we looked, the lights came on and Mandy noticed the person next to us putting down their footrests. And to our horror... Mandy and I realised that neither of us, through the whole three hours, had put our seats up. And what was an incredibly indulgent night just became a frustration as we went out. And we both said to each other on the way home, it was a great night, it was a great night, it was a great night. But deep down we both knew that it was not as good as it could have been. And we were very frustrated. (laughs) I wonder whether one day we'll look back together, church, and we'll look back at the church of Jesus Christ and we'll say, that was really good, the church. But it wasn't as good as it could have been. I wonder whether that will ever happen. Because I think... We could sometime look back and say we served a lot of hurting people. 
But we never realised that right in the midst of our family was someone who had incredible gifts in serving and helping hurting people that for whatever reason never volunteered it or we never asked them or they never developed them. And we look back and say, gee, it was just wonderful, but it could have been so much better. I wonder if uh, we look back and we say we worshipped God so well. You know, every week we gathered together and praised, but we didn't realise that there was someone right there with the most incredible gifts. If only they'd let us know, or if only we'd asked them, or if only they were developed, they could have led us in worship wonderfully or, or sung beautifully or played. We just didn't realise they were here. Kids Church, we want to help kids grow to love Jesus so much. Youth, we want youth to be encouraged and empowered to take on the world in Jesus' name. Over 50s, you know, just to be able to help that age group. And we, yet we didn't realise that right amongst us were people that could have helped us, helped God's kingdom do so much more. I wonder... I wonder, you know, one of the advantages of having a church that you know, has quite a number of people in it is that we can provide a wide range of ministries for all different age groups, and that's a real benefit. But one of the things that just continues to haunt me is in a church our size, you can hide. <laughs> and you can stay and not use the God-given gifts, abilities, talents, that could help us become in every way the dynamic, pulsating, living body of Christ. Today's message, I hope, helps you realise so much that God wants each and every follower of Christ to serve to use their gifts, talents, abilities, strengths, and he wants you to serve. And I hope that if nothing else, you realise that. Because if you do, I think the possibilities for this church are just unlimited. I think they're incredible if each of us use our gifts and talents for his glory. The church is the, a community that are called to serve. That, that's true. And, and the church exists to serve people. And every time we serve, we're demonstrating God's love to one another. That's what we're doing. And, and when we meet the needs of hurting people and when we show love to someone else, when we equip and strengthen others and whenever we use our gifts to build up the body of Christ, then we're showing love. And the church is to minister to all kinds of spiritual needs, emotional, relational, physical. And, and Jesus said, even a cup of cold water given in my name you know, it, 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 it is wonderful. It won't go unrewarded. I, I'll notice that. And the Bible says that the church is to prepare God's people for works of service. 
The church is to prepare God's people for works of service. We're to, we're to train and equip and encourage you to serve together. And our church should be a community where you are equipped and given every opportunity to use your gifts for God's glory. And the reason for that is so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. As people are equipped and served to serve, the church becomes a living church where people thrive as they are ministered to and as they minister to one another. And they become mature, strengthened, not easily pushed off, not easily thrown from one side to the other, but growing and thriving. The Bible refers to the living church, to the church as the body of Christ, the body of Christ. So in the New Testament, this is a term Paul uses. And so he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you are a part of it. So each person who's a follower of Jesus makes up the body of Christ. And when you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you become a part of his body. And you know what? You've actually joined a team. You're part of a, a, a team together, the body of Christ. Paul put it this way. He said, For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. We're on a team. We're all brought together through faith in Jesus Christ. And on this team, though we are uh, all different, and many of us come from different backgrounds, different nationalities, uh, you know, different life experiences, we are one body. We make up one body. Paul put it this way. He said, the body is a unit. And though it is made up of many parts, and though all the parts are many, they form one body. We're one big team, like a body of a person. We're all different parts, but we're joined together through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, because we are a body, the truth is that every person has a contribution to make. Every person who's part of the body of Christ has a contribution to make. And what that means is that every believer is a, is a minister. Now, many people call me the minister. But, you know, the truth is there's only one priest or pastor or, you know, one person there. There's Gail as well in our church as well. But not every person is a pastor. But every believer is a minister. We're to minister to the needs of one another. And when we were called by God, the called out ones, the ecclesia, when we were called by God, we were called to serve, to minister, 
to minister to one another and to minister to the world. So this is just simple. Serving is not optional for Christians. When God called you, he called you to serve others. So it's just part of it. You've got a contribution to make. He called you to serve. And last week, we, we learned that God wants us to grow and, we want, and he wants us to grow to be like Jesus. You remember we talked about that? And so this is what Jesus said. He said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve and to give. He came to serve and to give. And if we want to be like him, serving is what we, what we, what we need to do. It's just a defining characteristic, what it means to be a follower of Christ. We want to serve and we want to give just like he did. On this team called the Body of Christ, the church, God's given us so many things to serve him with, so many ways in which we can serve. And when it comes to serving, we have a contribution to make and God has given us gifts to use. Now, the Bible clearly teaches that God gives every believer, each and every believer, certain spiritual gifts to be used in ministry. And you can, you can look up 1 Corinthians 12 and much of what we've been looking at so far in this message is from 1 Corinthians 12. It's great to have that open and have a look there as we keep going through. But 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 is, is a great place to study and to look at the gifts, the spiritual gifts that God gives each and every believer. But do you know what? There's a danger that we can overemphasize the spiritual gifts as being the thing that we must use when really the spiritual gifts are one of a number of equal things that God gives us as well. He gives each believer spiritual gifts, but he also gives us uh, natural abilities that we're born with. They're God-given as well. He, he gives us life experiences that he allows us to have. And so as we look for your gifts and as you consider, God, what gifts have you given me? I think we've got to make sure that we don't overemphasize the gifts as being far more important than everything else. So he gives us gifts to serve, to make a contribution with. He also gives, uh, I, mean, passion, I have passions, you have passions that can help us to know where we want to serve. I don't know about you, but there are some things that I get really passionate about. You know, uh, sometimes we can tell that because we get frustrated when the thing we really have a passion about is not being done well. And it makes us more upset than usual. Sometimes we're not upset at all when something's not being done well. But every now and again, something, oh, and our passions are a good indication of the way God has made us and what he's made us passionate about. And so they're things that interest us and we can get a lot of excitement and fulfilment from serving using in areas where we're passionate about. So not only gifts, but my passions uh, help me as well. Also, another way is my skills and abilities. Now, skills are things right through your life that you may have developed. 
Uh, maybe you've learned to play uh, a musical instrument and now that is a skill that you can use in serving God uh, for his glory. It could be that over your lifetime you've been in managerial positions and you've been on all different conferences and you have a lot of managerial skills that you can use in leading an area. It could be that you have a skill of uh, crafty creation can use very well for you teaching people or you can make things to send to uh, people in other countries. Skills that you have learned can be used to serve. Abilities and natural abilities that happen. Often where you already notice if you have kids that kids naturally sometimes do things without you even telling them that this is what they should do. You know, kids that start singing from a very early age or... Uh, you know, doing artwork by themselves and it's just beautiful. Or ones that just remember numbers and figures and can you know, do that. Many of us can do maths very well. I'm not one of you, but a lot of you just, just get maths straight away. I married a maths teacher, maths science teacher, to try and balance my uh, inabilities. But others, others of you can just find straight away that there are gifts and abilities. And if you can find things that are in your ability areas, your natural ability areas, and can serve in those areas, what a joy you'll find as well. My personality uh, are things that are, is something that I should take into consideration as I serve. Some are extroverts and love to talk. Others are introverts and prefer to be alone to recharge and find that's really great. Uh, some are, are really driven people and just want to be getting things done all the time, whereas others would just prefer to take it at a steady pace and not race through things, but just consistently uh, get things done. Some prefer to make decisions based on feelings. Others prefer to make decisions based purely on facts. Others might uh, prefer to finish things, while others want to delay just in case more information's come before they make a final decision. We're all different and our personality comes to play when it comes to serving. Another thing that we could consider is my life experiences. All of us have faced different experiences in our life and that can impact where we serve. For instance, uh, people who were given an opportunity to travel early in life might know lots about different cultures and have a passion for what God can do Overseas, I know there's people who have grown up on the mission field with their parents and missionaries now have just a longing for missions. Uh, some people have been really hurt uh, through people that have hurt them deeply and they've had to learn how to forgive. And now they have a ministry of, of helping people forgive others. It could be that you were once addicted to pornography and you found that you could get victory in this area and now you just love to help other people addicted to that to get through it and to, and to break free from that. See how life experiences can affect the kind of ministry that you have and where you might serve as well? So these things are great things to think about as you start to look at how and where I can serve. Do you know, when I was filling out uh, my application to become a, a pastor. They kind of go through an ordination process. And one of the questions was, where have you served in your past? And I hadn't really thought about it up to that point. So I just started writing. You know, I was once a helper in Sunday school. I was once a... And it, the list just kept going. I'd been on the 
car park, I'd been a steward, I'd read, done a Bible reading, I'd helped out at youth group, I'd helped at Sunday school, I'd helped. And I, I, what happened is right through, I just served wherever I could, and often in places that weren't in my gifts or uh, weren't things that were exactly where I would have. But just through all of that serving, it helped me really realise that I could serve uh, in lots of places and find great joy in that. And you know what? I'd just say don't wait until you find an exact spot that fits it. But as you serve in different places, you start to realise this is where I find great joy. You have a contribution to make. Uh, All of us do. Every person has a contribution to make. All those that are believers. Not only that, but your contribution matters. It really matters. First of all, it matters to each and every one of us that you use your gifts, your part, that you do your part well. Um, We all want you to use your gifts because it affects us as well. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 12. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an, uh, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, um, it would for that, re- would it for that reason, sorry, uh, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? We need each other to do all that God has called us to do. And your contribution is important. It matters because God placed you in the body of Christ and he gave you a role. And if you don't serve, then other parts will suffer. Um, So that kind of helps us know two things. Your role, no matter how small, is important. Uh, There's no little people in the body of Christ because if you don't use your gifts, we all suffer. So there's no little people, big people. There's no more important or little people. In in, in fact, the ones that seem the most insignificant roles are sometimes the very, very important roles. Now, not that that car park would ever be seen as an important, uh, you know, not an important role, But we had a funeral here not so long ago and I just forgot to organise car parkers. Just a little thing that I slipped up on. And we came back from the funeral uh, place after the funeral for afternoon tea and people were just parking everywhere. And I just realised I've got to do something or there's going to be mayhem. And so I jumped out of the car and just started directing people, please, can you come here? And all of a sudden I realised how crucial the role of car park duty is every week. How important it is that without those people, you would have mayhem. I witnessed it. So it's just incredible. Um, Not only is every single role important, but the other thing is, We are dependent on each other. No ministry is independent. And in a world where we all 
kind of naturally think I'm building my own skills and I'm great, you know, aren't I doing this? We need to remember that without your gifts, you know, you can't do this on your own. If you just pause for a minute and think of all the gifts that have served you already this morning, it would be staggering. I mean, people helped you in the car park. People looked after your kids and signed you in. People welcomed you at the door. We have people recording the sound and, and people projecting the sound. We've had musicians up here. We've had, even before the service came, an hour before, there was a, a group of people praying for the service so that God would speak to you today. You didn't even know about them, but that, anyone can be part of that. But all the gifts have been working together and we need each and every one, not just on Sundays, but using them all through the week as well. You know when you have a jigsaw puzzle and there's one part missing? You look straight away, don't you, at the missing piece. And, and it's like that when we aren't, you aren't using your gifts. Uh, it, it's, it's noticed. We all feel it. So that's important. So not only does it, it matter to the other parts of the body that you do your part, but it matters to God too. It matters to God that you serve. It says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He placed you, God placed you in the body, and he wants you right to be using the gifts and abilities and skills that he gave you right here. He has a role. He has a place for you. And it's no, no surprise that you're at Wodonga District Baptist Church today. And this is where you are. Like God knew that. And he wants you here for a purpose. He has a reason for you to be here and he wants you to serve. God knows what he's doing. So not only do you have a contribution to make, every person, not only does your contribution matter to the rest of us and to God that you use it, but the other truth is, that your contribution is actually unique. It's unique. There was a, a story, I'm not too sure whether it's true or not. Um, Tony Campolo talked about it in Everything You've Heard Is Wrong, a book he wrote. Um, but there was a group of animals that got together in the forest one day. I don't think it really is true. Um, and they decided together to start a school. That's what they thought they'd do. And there was a rabbit that was part of it. There was a squirrel. There was a fish. And there was an eel. And together, they formed this kind of board of education. And they tried to create a curriculum amongst them. And uh, the rabbit insisted, you know, straight away that burrowing into the ground be part of the curriculum. And the fish insisted on swimming. You know, that had to be a class you should take. And the squirrel insisted that perpendicular tree climbing would be included. And the bird wanted flying definitely on the list. Uh, they put all the courses together and wrote a curriculum. And they put out this curriculum guide. And they insisted that all of the animals take all of the subjects. Now... Although the rabbit was getting an A in burrowing, perpendicular tree climbing was a real problem for him. 
In fact, he kept falling backwards as he tried to climb up the, the tree. And pretty soon, he became brain damaged. It's a sad story. <laughs> From all, all the falls, he kept hitting the ground and then he couldn't burrow as well as he did before. And pretty soon, instead of making an A in burrowing, he was making a C. And of course, he always failed and got an F in perpendicular tree climbing. The bird was be beautifully flying and, and was doing really great. But when it came to burrowing in the ground, she couldn't do it so well and she kept breaking her wings. And pretty soon she was making a C in flying as well as an F in burrowing. And uh, the bird was having a very terrible time at perpendicular tree climbing. The squirrel was terrific at perpendicular tree climbing, but was so afraid of the water that he failed even to get into the water. So swimming just got an F straight away. And the fish was easily the best at swimming, but couldn't get, wouldn't get out of the water to come to any of the other classes. Um, the top achiever was the class was a mentally retarded eel who did everything in halfway fashion. But the teachers were happy because everyone was taking all the subjects in their broad-based educational curriculum. Isn't that good? <laughs> you know, there, there's a problem when we don't realise, isn't there, that our gifts are unique. We're not all the same. And God has given us gifts to use, and if we all just try and do everything together, we find that we're not good. We become less good at the things that we're actually called to do. But the truth is, no one else is you. No one else is you. You're unique. You're just who you are and how you are. And this is what it says in Romans 12, 4. But each of us has, but each of us has one body with many, many members. And these members do not have all the same functions. So we're all one body, but have all different functions, and that's good, and it's great. You're not the same as everyone else. God made you unique, and that's good. You're one of a kind. There's no one like you. You're God's handiwork, and he made you the way you are with your gifts and passions and experiences. And the Bible says that we have different gifts and God has, we're God's workmanship. He created us for good works in Christ. That's Ephesians 2.10. And he created us to do things that he's prepared in advance for us to do. And Romans 12.6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. So God made no mistake in making you unique and he wants you to do the things that he's strengthened and called you and equipped you to do. And whether that be, uh, and taking into account all the gifts and abilities that you have, he wants you to serve. Now, this morning I want to let you know that not only is your uh, contribution unique, but how you actually contribute matters. And to this week in your studies, you're going to be looking at what it means to be a servant and how you can serve in a way that is servant-hearted and just like Jesus. But 
how you serve really matters, not half-heartedly. Um, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. What a great way to use the gifts and abilities and talents God has called you in showing love to others around you. Work at it with all your heart, with everything that you have. In 1 Corinthians 15.58, Paul wrote, Stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. And in 2, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul wrote these words to Timothy as great advice for ministry. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Isn't that great? No need to be ashamed. You've worked in such a way you can hold your head up high before God. One who correctly handles the word of truth. God has called us to make a contribution and how we can contribute matters. This morning, I want to say to you all, thank you. Thank you to every single person who serves in this place. Um, We sat together at staff this week and just talked about uh, how many people serve in our church. And I think you'd be surprised. Uh, We'd love to one day we will you know, ask you, what do you serve and, and get records on that. But just the amount of serving that goes on each and every week is overwhelming. And as I look, I just wanted to say thanks. There's a few things that really um, stick out to me. Uh, one is that, that growing number of people, and everybody's invited, that meet here from 8.40 to 9.40. Um, often uh, people will be playing musical instruments and welcoming other people, but a little group there are just praying for our church and for what's going to take place on Sunday mornings. You could be part of that all the time. But you know what? Whether you're part of that prayer meeting or not, you benefit every week from it because they're praying that God would speak and touch and transform lives during that hour. Uh, another thing it's true, I was snapped uh, yesterday doing church cleaning, but it's a bit of a joke, really. I, I'm, not, I'm not here that often at all, but what it made me think was, gee, I wish we could actually snap every week those that do it, because it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a big job. In fact, we've got lots and lots of places that need to be cleaned, but we had a great team, and I was, part, I was dragged along by my wife. It, it, it was the breathe area and she said, come along, and I came along. And, and really, we all got into it and got it done so quickly and it felt great to be part of it. But forget me, I'd love to have a snap every week of those that have, have done it and continue to do it to make this place look fantastic. I, I think uh, Friday morning, I was just here early in the morning and someone just snuck in and delivered the emergency meals that happen every week. And Gail or other pastoral carers will take one of those emergency meals and just give them out to people that are uh, suffering or, or going through some tough times that don't have to cook. 
small group leaders, kids' church leaders, youth group leaders, uh, you know, people that minister all around every week. And every single one of you are so important. Today, in these just remaining minutes, I'd love you to just ask, God, am I using the gifts and talents and abilities that you've given me to use? Am I using them for your glory? And am I doing my part in the body of Christ to love others through serving? Why don't we pray together? God, I thank you for calling us and for giving us gifts and passions, for giving us skills and abilities, for giving us personalities, and God, for giving us life experiences that we can use to serve you for your glory. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would do all that we can to serve you with all our heart, to use the gifts that you've given us so that our church would be able to do all that you've called us to do and that we would never look back and say, oh, how much more could have been done if we only knew. Build your church, Lord, as we use the gifts you've given us and as we serve you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name. Amen. In these moments, we're going to uh, come to a time where we'll have our offering. And if you